Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right. John chapter 15, verse 7. This has been our launching pad every day uh, this week. I mean, every, every Sunday, that is, for this series. This has been our foundation scripture, and we understand by... Let's, let's go ahead and look at it. If you abide, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words, this is Jesus talking... My words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. So we understand that your desires become known. They'll, be, they'll become known, not just a desire, but will actually become a reality in your life when you have the Word of God abiding on the inside of you. Because see, the Word of God has the power in all the power that you need, but it has to be released from your mouth because the power of life and death, life and death are in the power of that tongue, all right? So it's important, it's very important that God has said it, but it's even more important for your life that you say it too. Because wherever, whatever you're speaking of, whatever you're talking about, we've talked about this before, that's the direction that your life is going. You agree with that this morning? Amen. That's the direction. It's like that little rudder guiding the whole ship that James talks about. So my words abide in you. You'll ask what you will. That means you have to voice it, and it shall be done. So you've got the power of the Word of God backing up whatever it is that you're desiring. Boy, this is beautiful. And then Jesus says in verse 8, By this my Father is glorified. By what? By the fact that you ask what you desire, and it's granted to you. Beautiful. God's glorified in that. See, God gets the glory when you get your prayers answered. Because others see, see, see things going on, knowing, knowing that for the, you know, that you don't have the ability in and of yourself to make that happen. There are things that I've received in my life. I didn't have the ability to make that happen. God had to be involved in that. Huh? You think about an area in your life that it was God's supernatural work, God's supernatural hand, his supernatural provision, whatever it was that got, got you where you are today. Right? You couldn't have done it by yourself, but you voiced it, you believed God's word, you confessed his promises over you, and here you are today, a recipient, a result of what God did for you. Amen. Verse 8, by this my father's glory, that you bear much fruit. So this is called bearing much fruit, or this word is the word mega fruit. So we're all called as the disciples, says, so you will be my disciples. So as his disciples, one of the marks of a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is a life that is fruit bearing, right? And it's not just some fruit, it is much fruit, mega fruit, lots of fruit, amen, that you're always producing. This is how God is glorified, and that fruit is by receiving what you've asked for. This is beautiful. So how, how is it that we get this working in our lives? Well, it's, it's, it's a process called building. And, um, and we've talked about what it means to be a builder and to get being a builder on, in, in your DNA. Because, see, Jesus Christ himself is a builder. He's building this church Right here, right now, today in 2009. Thank God. He said it in Matthew chapter 16, upon this rock, I will build my church. And it's still going on today. And that he is very much consumed with being a builder. We even saw that on, on his dying uh, words on the cross, that he took one more moment to build the kingdom. Even, even with all the blood loss and the agony and the pain that he was in, he went ahead and brought the thief on with him. Took one, one more moment to take somebody else to build the kingdom 
with one more person. That's just beautiful. And so, and we also have His Spirit on the inside of us. And in Matthew chapter 7, we saw where Jesus talks about two types of builders. Both of them heard and understood what was being told them, and one of them chose to build his house on the rock and did what he was supposed to, and the other one chose not to build his house on the rock and built it on the sand, even though he heard and he understood what he was supposed to. And, and, and the reason is, the reason people can understand and know what to do but not do it is because building is not easy. Building the right way is not easy. When you're going to do something right, it takes effort, it takes work, it takes consistency. I know this in my own life with my own children that it takes consistently to, consistency to raise good children. I wish that one spanking would have solved all of it. But it, <laughs> they wake up the next day and it's like it never happened. And I've got to remind them again. I got to run. Come on, am I talking to your moms and dads this morning? I got to remind them again. And and I'm telling you what, it can just wear you out as a parent. You think, okay, uh, uh, something's going to break, and but it can't be you. It can't. You you can't be the one to give in, right? You got to stay with it. You got to stay with it. You got to know that what the Bible says is true, and you just got to stay with it anyway. Right, and I, I know I know what it's going to produce later on because I know what it produced in me as a child. I I just felt like my father was going to whip my rear end clean off my body, and it felt like he really did it sometimes. But I know that today, what it's done for my life, and I know what it'll do for my children too. Are you hearing me? Let me tell you something. We'll just remind you again that whipping your kids is not an antiquated thought. It wasn't something that happened years ago, just a fad back then. No, this has been working for years. Amen. It's still going to work because this is something that God has spoken for us to do. That's a side note. Anyway, just, just don't get caught up in what the world's telling you out there. Amen. You keep doing what God tells you. All right. So, but but it's but it, it takes time. It just takes effort. And it takes consistency to continue to build right. And we talked about the characteristics of a builder. And I don't have any time to get into that. But get the CD if you haven't got it. And uh, but last week we talked about the first step in moving from being a builder and 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 moving towards failure in your life. Because if you're not building, eventually you will end up at failure in whatever. Whether that's your marriage, whether that's your children's. Uh, raising your children, whether that's your relationship, you on your job, your health, all those kinds of things. If you quit building, then you, the first step from becoming a builder is becoming just a caretaker and getting the idea of just managing what you have. Now, being a manager of what you have is not a bad thing as long as it's subservient to the builder part of you. Amen? As long as you keep that vision out there because the manager, they just get consumed with what they've got, and it's, you know, they say things like, are you kidding me, build? It's enough to do with what I've got. I can barely handle what I've got. I've got this going on with my kids, you know, soccer practice, gymnastics. Uh, I'm thinking of all the things in my life. <laughs> all those things that busy. Are you kidding me, keep building? How, how can I do that? How can I better my marriage? I mean, we're, we're running back and forth. There's how do we improve this? I, it's enough for me to just take care of what I have. How in the world am I supposed to, to better my business when I have to take care of the clientele I've already got? Right? And just become a caretaker and become a manager. And it's one step towards failure in your life. And then we talked about that they, having uh, in that idea of being a caretaker manager is just having the attitude that it's okay. My marriage is okay. My relationships are okay. My job is okay. It's okay, but Jesus didn't come to give you life okay. He came to give you life and that more abundantly. Okay is never good enough. 
Amen. The second step, we're going to just move forward, all right? So grab your notebook and let's keep going forward. The second step in moving from a builder to toward failure is being an excuse maker. Oh, man. This, this one, when I started studying this, this was stepping all over my toes. Because, see, what's so dangerous about becoming an excuse maker is the excuse maker always agrees with the principle. This is what's so dangerous about Always agrees with the principle. You're right, I should have done that job, but here's my excuse. You're right, I should spend more time with my kids, but here's my excuse. You're right, I should eat better. Man, it got quiet when I said that. Been quiet all morning, though. <laughs> I shouldn't be so negative, but here's my excuse. You're right, I shouldn't talk that way, but here's my excuse. So they agree with it in principle, but don't do anything about it. The excuse maker always agrees to the truth, but always has a reason why they are excused. Mm-hmm. And somehow, the excuse maker thinks that he'll still get the result, even though he didn't do the work, because he had an excuse. I've been in full-time ministry going on 15 years now. And I haven't seen everything, thank God. <laughs> but I have seen a few things, and I've experienced a few things, and especially when it comes to counseling, and this has nothing to do with anybody in this room today. These are other churches I've served in, all right? <laughs> I find it amazing is that the men and women that I've talked to, whether it's over, over their marriage or it's over their finances or maybe a, a problem they're having in their life, whatever it might be facing, is that it's, it's incredible how, how quick you can become consumed with your own problem, that that problem can seem like they act like they're the only person in the world that's experiencing that thing. They're the only, they're that problem is exclusive to them, and nobody else has ever experienced it quite that hard quite that difficult. Huh? And every time I hear things like that, I just wish at that point, maybe I'll do this next time, just have a DVD ready, put it in, put it on the TV screen, and show the starving children in Africa and say, is it that bad? You've gotten a bad perspective on your life right now. Hmm? You've got a bad perspective on your life because, because well, I've, we've got, I've got reasons why. I've got excuses why. Why this is so, this is so exclusive to just me. And so, so nobody else, you see, you can just get wrapped up. And the excuse maker is always wrapped up in their own self. Always wrapped up in what's in it for me, in self-preservation. They're always in a bind in the worst kind of way, right? I know I should have built on the rock, but I had this come up. I had this unforeseen thing, this god-awful moment, this life-altering circumstance, and so it's difficult for me to be a builder that excuses me. And here's the thing. <laughs> when I have had experiences like this talking to, to good men and women. We just get caught up in our own world sometimes. 
and then listen to them intently, you know, 45 minutes, hour goes by, and then offer a solution. They might say something like, yeah, yeah, I've tried that. Yeah, I've tried that. And I, I didn't really. How long did you try it for? I don't know, a week. I tried reading my Bible. I tried this. How long? Did, you tried it. You don't just try it. You always do it. You don't just try it. This isn't a Jesus 7 come 11 lotto. Huh? You don't just roll the dice once. This is, this is an everyday thing. We, the just shall live by faith. We don't just try a faith thing. Okay, let's see if that works. No, just pitch it out there and hope for the best. No, we live by faith. When you're a builder, you have to live by faith. Yeah. Or, or they'll take my advice, readily take my advice and say, yeah, 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 walk out of the office and never use it because something came up. Right? Something came up. You don't understand, Pastor. You got it easy in full-time ministry. I live in the real world. You only work one day a week. <laughs> Caught some of you this morning, didn't I? So you think that about me. Number three. I would be a builder, but I just don't have the money. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you have this mentality, you look at people who have been successful or who are successful financially and somehow think that they've always had that money. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Gates today is worth something like 45 to $50 billion. Not bad, huh? But he, he hasn't always been that way. He was a college dropout. He started Microsoft in his parents' garage. Hmm? But he's a builder. And when you're a builder... You do the best with what you've got and where you're at. I'm going to say that again. You might want to write that down. When you're a builder, you do the best with what you've got where you're at. Amen? Now, my, my, my parents were raised, I mean, my dad and my uncle, Tony, who uh, were raised not just on a farm out there in, in Oklahoma, and they didn't have money. They lived off that land. I mean, they had to grow something in order to eat. They had to slaughter something in order to eat meat. I mean, that, that's, they lived off that land. And, and my dad was telling me that uh, my grandmother always made sure that him and my Uncle Tony always had their shirts pressed and that they were always showered. And, and she told him, she said, just because we're poor don't mean you got to be dirty. Right? She's just doing the best with what she had where they were at. That's, that's the trait of a builder, of somebody who's building right. No matter, what you're, no matter where you're at, you just do the best with what you got. Where you're at. And let me say this today. With that kind of thinking she put into my father and she put into my uncle, both men are very successful today. And start off that way. But she put a mentality on the inside of them to do the best with what you got where you're at. And now we know that Pastor you know, just to let you know, Pastor John has pastored Pastors for years now, trained up leaders and, 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 and pastors and, and overseen lots of churches, Texas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Mississippi, all over the place. He teaches at one of the most elite Bible schools in America. He has a doctorate in theology. He's a painter. Did y'all know Pastor John paints? You might not even know that. He's a painter. He's a writer. He's a pastor, a father, a grandfather, a scholar. He's an amazing musician. 
These things didn't just happen. He didn't just show up and go, look how talented I am, right? It started with doing the best with what you got, where you're at. My Uncle Tony owns basically southern Oklahoma, (laughs) at least Thackerville anyway. And uh, to me, that's all the southern Oklahoma I know. But but has tons of real estate, runs a successful business there in Gainesville, Texas called Midwest Builder Supply, of all things. And, uh, And so... Just, just done great for them, great for themselves because of this one simple mindset. Isn't that something? So, quit worrying about the things that you can't do, and do the things you can do. It's, the truth is, if it was easy to be a builder, everybody'd be doing it. But before we get out of here this morning, I want to give you five quick steps to re- if if maybe you've you've put the hammer down and you're discouraged, and you're dealing with some things in your life that's caused you to quit building in certain areas of your life, let me help you today, okay? I want to give you five, five things to do to reignite the builder on the inside of you. Number one is check your assumptions. Check your assumptions. Why? Because your assumptions trap you by false concepts. Your assumptions trap you by false concepts. Now, I don't know if, if you guys have ever been sat down and taught this amazing, simple teaching that you take the word assume. Now, I'm not going to do it for the sake of being in church today, but you, uh, after the second S, you draw a line. And after the U, you draw a line. And then you see that what we do when we assume, we make a mm out of you and me. Right? That's exactly... That's a great teaching. <laughs> Always remember that because you don't want to be trapped by false concepts. I mean, think about the guy who said, no good thing can come out of Nazareth. Wow. Don't you know that guy's glad that his name didn't get recorded anywhere? Nobody remembers who he was or that he said that. No good thing come out of Nazareth. Making assumptions. Number two, challenge your thinking. Reignite the builder in you. You got to challenge your thinking. Listen to what's going on in your own head, huh? Stop thinking that you can keep thinking the same thing and getting anywhere and getting anywhere better. Put a new thought in your head. Praise God. The Bible teaches us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That is, the more you renew your your mind to the will and to the Word of God, your life will continually progress to betterness. Yeah. You will build your life right by renewing your mind. To not be conformed to this world, that is, not let outward influences come in. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is, be changed from the inside out. Number three, dream big again. I need a real good amen right there. Dream big, dream a dream so big that God has to bring it to pass through you. Amen? That God has to bring it to pass. Big dreaming motivates you to do better. It motivates you to live better, to think better, to talk better. It causes you to strive to build a better life. That's what we're here to do at Cornerstone Worship Center, build a better life on the foundation and the cornerstone of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, is this helping you today? Number four, start simple. Listen, pick one area 
I mean, if you, you hear a message like this, you think about all the things that need to change in your marriage. You think about all the things that need to change on your job. You think about all the things that need to change about how you think. Think about all the things that you need to change concerning your attitude and all that stuff. That can be overwhelming. Listen, you didn't get all there where you're at in one day, so don't sweat it. Don't try to take care of all of it in one day. Just start simple. Start somewhere, right? Let me give you one idea for your marriage. Give your spouse a fresh compliment rather than you're everything to me. Give her that same old cliche or him this, you know, give him a fresh, try something different. You know, open up a thesaurus, look up a new word to try. Something, anything. Then it's the same old thing. But start simple. Think and then act. There's a thought. Start simple. Number five, have a mission that moves you. You know, Martin Luther King said, if a man hasn't discovered something to die for, he isn't fit to live. That is an incredible statement. And you know what? He did just that very thing. I like the way Bono put it concerning him. He said, early morning, April 4, shot rings out in a Memphis sky. Free at last, they took your life. They could not take your pride. So your mission does not grow out of your responsibility or duty. Your mission that moves you grows out of something that when you do it, it makes the lives of others better also. Can I say that again? Listen to it. Your mission does not grow out of your responsibility and duty. It, the mission that moves you grows out of something that when you do it, it makes the lives of other people better also. Dr. King did not lead the civil rights movement so that he alone could drink out of the same water fountain as the white man. He didn't do this so that he alone could be affected. He did this for his generation and for future generations. And let me tell you something today, ladies and gentlemen, that President-elect Barack Obama is a recipient of that dream a long time ago, 50 years back. 50 years ago, he couldn't even have served coffee in the White House. And here he is, the President of the United States. Because somebody had a mission that moved them. And you don't have to applaud everything that Barack Obama stands for. You don't have to applaud his policies. I don't applaud all of his policies, but I do applaud the fact that it changed. That what Dr. Martin Luther King did years ago changed today, changed our nation in a way that, that, that got rid of that prejudice. Well, I mean, it's still out there, but praise God, we're way further than we were back then because... A guy had a dream and had a mission that moved him. So today I celebrate that dream coming true. Dream big again. Our men and women serving in our military, they have a mission that moves them. Why? Because they love their country? Well, I do believe that they love their country or they wouldn't do it. But if you talk to any soldier, the reason they're doing what they're doing is for the soldier that's standing next to them. Huh? For well, the guy and the girl standing next to him. Check your assumptions. Challenge your thinking. Dream big again. Start simple and have a mission that moves you. In Jude chapter 20, not chapter 20, Jude verse 20, Jude's only one book, one chapter. Jude, verse 20 says, And you, brethren, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, 
praying in the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, in order to experience the supernatural hand of God in your life, you have to tap into His supernatural language. Mm. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Now listen, we build our faith by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. That's Romans chapter 10, verse 17. But this says, this, you build yourself, yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And that is by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And we have classes on that. If you're, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, with that evidence, we have a class that, that we do ever so often. And Pastor Troy does a marvelous job explaining that, why we do that here at our church and why it's important for every believer. I know it because, because if anything you get out of it, you get, you get yourself edified. The, I, anybody here had a loss of words when you, when you went to pray? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most of the time, the one word that comes out is, help! <laughs> That's all I can think of, right? Yeah, I've done that many times. But I also know that by praying in the Spirit, See, the Spirit always knows what to pray. The Bible teaches us that He knows that when we, we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit helps us in our weakness, and He does it according to the will of God. And so if you want to pray the will of God when you don't know the will of God, pray in the Spirit. And what that will do will build you up on your faith that you've received by hearing the Word. And when the Spirit and the Word, are, it's like an atomic bomb going off. Praise God. And you've got the supernatural resources at your convenience with those two things right there, the Spirit and the Word, all right? So you cannot, be a, 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 you cannot be a successful builder as a Christian without the influence of the Word of God in your life and the Spirit of God at work in you. Amen? Praise God. Well, I hope this is, message has blessed you and I hope you've received something from this. And I want you to take this teaching and, and apply it to your life. Be a builder. Keep thinking. Never, never get satisfied with good enough. Never get satisfied with okay. You build your life until you breathe your last on this planet. Are you hearing me? Just like Jesus did. He built, like I said, he took time as he's breathing his last on that cross to take one more guy with him, to build the kingdom with one more soul. Huh? What a great example for us today to just keep building no matter what. No matter what we're facing, to keep walking by faith and keep building our lives one day at a time. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.